Uh, this is an interview with Chicago Starkill by Nick Perkel on January 18th, 2017. Now, please introduce yourselves for my listeners with your name, position in the band, and how long you've been a part of Starkill. Yeah, uh, this is Parker Jameson. I'm the lead singer and guitar player, and I formed the band, so I've been with it uh, pretty much since before we even got signed and our first album came out. So I've kind of been chipping away at this since like 2009 or 10, around then. Awesome. Uh, my name is Sean. I play bass for uh, Starkill, and I think I've been in the band for about two Christmases. Excellent. Now, I believe, um, Parker, didn't you actually start the band, like a previous name of it, in Indiana? Yeah. Um, the band, I mean, basically, Spencer's our drummer. He and I are brothers, and we had been writing music together um, pretty much right around 2008 is when we started like writing and we had never been in a band together before or even written music together. Um, and then metal was kind of just our first, uh, you know, musical creation endeavor. So I was going to uh, college at the Jacobs School of Music at Indiana University and we were writing and that's pretty much where I formed the band where I met our other original rhythm guitar player, Charlie. And we had been writing and, uh, you know, using different band names and doing a couple local shows here and there trying to figure it out because it was all really new uh, for us. Like I hadn't even been really listening to metal at all until college pretty much. So we were testing the waters uh, with the whole band thing on campus there. And then it wasn't, until a couple of years later, uh, 2012, where we actually got signed and everything. So, yeah. Excellent. So, what has it been like living in Chicago versus Indiana as a musician? Um, well, I'm kind of a stay-inside guy anyway. I probably sit in front of my you know recording desk all the time. So, it's not not that big of a difference other than the fact that there is more to do yeah. <laughs> in Illinois. Although when I was living in Indiana, I was purely living um, on the campus and Bloomington, Indiana is actually pretty dope. They do have um, a lot going on there. Maybe not necessarily in the metal scene, but there's a lot of uh, maybe more weird, like indie acts and rock acts that come through all the time. So there were always shows and stuff going on, just nothing really in the like harder music territory. Excellent. Now, just out of curiosity, I'm a huge GNR fan. What is Lafayette, Indiana like? Just because I know that's where uh, Axel's from. I I don't think I've actually ever been there. Like again, all the only time I've ever spent in Indiana was just in Bloomington, where the campus was. I see. And then um, before we were Starkill, one of the previous uh, like incarnations we were under, our bass player was from Fort Wayne, so we did spend um, a couple weeks up there, just hanging out and writing and stuff, and it's. Indiana's just farms. It's just corn. Mm. <laughs> like, that's all there is to that state is corn. Moving back into, like, the present times, though, what, what's been going on with your band as you're recording, as you were uh, recording uh, Shadow Sleep, the third album by Starkill? Yeah, so uh, in, at the very, very end of 2012, uh, we saw, in December, we signed the Century Media, and we did our first two records with them. And then towards the middle of 2015 was when they got acquired by Sony. So that kind of shook up the whole label and a lot of bands on Century Media got dropped or um, a lot of people at the label 
you know, either got fired or moved to other places just because other, you know, owners came in. So we were actually independent for, what, about a year, a year and a half? Yeah, so we were pretty much doing our own thing. Um, we toured with Sepultura. We toured, we headlined China. We went out with Epica and did 70,000 tons. And all of that was totally independent. And then we didn't have, uh, you know, label support. And we decided to crowdfund so that we could actually afford to record our third album, Shadow Sleep. And that really, really worked for us. Um, even during the entire recording process, we did we engineered pretty much everything here at our home studio, and then we did the drums with Chuck Masak. And then uh, it was actually when the album was done is when a couple labels started hitting us up because they knew that Starkill was kind of a free agent, and some of the demos had been kind of floating around. So we actually went back and forth with a couple labels a bunch of times because we've done it before. Like we know what to look out and we managed to work out a really, really mutually beneficial thing with prosthetic where we're basically very much in control of what we're doing and how we're doing things. And they are supportive of that and taking care of distribution. And we actually know some of the people at the label um, from some of our previous, you know, interactions in the scene. So it's really comfortable, really at home and Shadow Sleep got a proper release out of it. So we're really, really happy with where we are right now. So what kinds of things did you say to uh, Chuck Masek, like going into the studio to record this album? Because I know you've been yeah, working uh, with him the last two albums besides this. Yeah, we used him for Fires of Life and Virus, and we actually, the first time we ever used him was before we were signed and even had a full grasp of what we wanted to do as a band. We recorded a more of like a black metal demo, and he wound up uh, mixing that. So that was our first, the first time we met him was back in like 2010. So we know him, we're friends, we talk on the phone every now and then and talk music and engineering and stuff. So he knows our sound, he knew exactly what we were going for. And we didn't really have to say much. We just, because uh, again, we tracked a lot of the stuff here. So we, we you know, imported it all um, on a hard drive to his session, to his place and just said, hey, mix this, make it sound good, do your thing. And I sat in on the studio for almost all of the mixing, too, just to kind of push things in the direction that we needed to. But there wasn't much that needed to be said because he already knows what we're going for. You know what I mean? I see. Does your bassist have anything he wants to say on that? Sean? Yeah. No. (laughs) No, Chuck did a great job doing what Chuck does, which is adding you know, Chuck Masak to an album. I think he did a good job of it. And, I mean, like Parker said, is that, you know, he already kind of has the idea of what we're going for, which is always, you know, bigger than the last thing. And I think he did a wonderful job doing that. I think maybe one of the bigger differences also was with um, Virus of the Mind, our previous album, we recorded all of that in the studio, and we were still, like, writing some of that stuff in the studio and for Shadow Sleep, it was all written and all heavily like pre-production before we even decided to finalize everything. So I think since we have a lot more time behind it, we got a little bit more of an expensive kind of polished sound to the overall album via or you know instead of the previous album. So excellent. Now, how do you get introduced to uh, Sarah Lynn Collier to uh, be featured on the album for a few backing vocals on tracks? Um, actually, that's a hilarious story, is one time, maybe, 
actually probably about a year, maybe a year, like three or four months ago, I was on Instagram, and I was just searching hashtag Starkill to see what was going on, and she had uploaded a video of her singing over one of our tracks, and it was really, really good. And I had no idea who she was, so I just sent her a private message and said that it was really good. And we talked for a little bit, and then I found out she lived in Rockford, which is like an hour uh, west from here. And we hung out a couple times, and I knew she was an incredible singer, and like her favorite bands are like Epica and Nightwish and stuff like that. So the idea was always kind of in my mind of like, man, I wonder if she would sing on our stuff. And before we even were writing Shadow Sleep, I had actually been talking to another female singer from out of state because I've always wanted a female singer on our material, but we never found one, and it wasn't, you know, like a viable, workable option. So uh, we became friends over time, and then when we were on tour with Epica, she came out to the show, and her and I were, like, front row in the Chicago show, and I could hear her next to me singing over the Epica material, and she was so amazingly good that when we got back from that tour, I hit her up and I was like, you need to come over and lay down some vocals on these tracks. And then she did, I forget what the first song was that she did. It may have been Shadow Sleep, actually. And then after doing that, it was like, yeah, you're going to sing on the rest of this stuff because it was great and like a perfect fit and exactly what we were looking for. That's awesome. Like, you think maybe uh, in the future you'll have her uh, maybe lay down some recordings for you or maybe uh, <clears throat> say contribute to a live show or something like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're going out on our headliner tour. We're actually a week from today, and I think we're going to have her on the Chicago date for that show. But we're also already writing album four, and there's a lot of her vocals, like not necessarily as backing vocals too, but like as lead parts on choruses and lead parts on certain verses. So she's definitely going to continue to uh, be on Starkill material. That's awesome. Now, thinking about the funding for this, this was totally crowdfunded. Um, mm-hmm. What what are the benefits you've seen with crowdfunding your new album, and then having like a label like say Prosthetic Records like release it? Um, well, first off, since the money wasn't given to us from them, we get to control where it gets spent and how much of it gets spent in each department. So. That was cool. And also, we got more money from crowdfunding than they would have given us anyway. Like, mm. it just, it, it really made a much better album and a lot more of a, of like a personal one, too. Because it's not like, I mean, some people did donate money and not choose a perk. But when these people were donating to the crowdfunding, they were also getting a copy of the album with it anyway. So it's, just a way smarter format for bands to do this because it's like, Hey, advance the album, like give us some money. You're going to get a copy anyway. Oh, you're also letting us make it. So we really felt, you know, connected to these fans that we have been talking to on Facebook for, you know, in in certain cases years. And then we're seeing these people live and it's just, it's really cool Mm -hmm. to put names to faces to people who are really allowing the band to exist in the first place. That's great. Now, for people that are seeing you for the first time, tell me, what can fans expect from your set list on this tour? Um, if you are familiar with Starkill, we're playing pretty much an equal distribution from all of our albums. 
Uh, when we were just out with Dark Tranquility, it was also right when Shadow Sleep came out, so we were playing a lot of Shadow Sleep material. Um, but we have more time. We have you know over an hour to play and out, which is super dope. So we're playing a lot of the old stuff that people haven't heard in a while, and just yeah, I mean we haven't played some of the Fire stuff in like three years, so I think we're giving equal representation to all three albums. And again, if you're not familiar with Starkill, um, it's just very varied melodic death metal. There's a lot of every big Scandinavian or Finnish melodic death metal band in our sound and just a lot of shred and epic catchy choruses. Um, that's that's just what we do. So what was it like composing Shadow Sleep? And tell me like the meaning behind it when it comes to the lyrics of the song. Um, Shadow Sleep was actually written by Spencer, our drummer. He wrote pretty much the whole song on a really terrible keyboard patch. So it sounded very like Sega Genesis-y. And he had written it maybe a year before we even decided to go into pre-production with it. And he kept, you know, like telling me like, come on, you got to record this. You got to put guitars over this. Like it's going to sound really cool. So eventually I took that keyboard patch, learned the guitar parts, re-recorded it, and it sounded really awesome, really Arch Enemy-esque. I threw some leads over it, and it all started coming together. And we were like, yeah, yeah, this works. And it seemed like an equal combination of like heavy, and the chorus is super big and melodic, and it seemed pretty all-encompassing of the album, so we decided to name uh, the album after it. As far as the lyrics go... Um, when we were independent, like, we didn't know what was going to happen with the band. Um, there was a lot of financial issues with uh, previous people who had been in business aspects of the band, and we weren't sure if we were even going to be able to put an album out. And it seemed like we had been doing a lot to keep the financial side of things working to do a band. A lot of people don't realize, like, it's, it's kind of full-time. It's more than full-time to do the band thing. You're touring. You're not making very much money in, in many cases. You're barely sleeping. You're barely eating. You're losing weight. You put so, so much time into it that you lose touch with a lot of your friends who aren't in the band, and you give up a lot of opportunities to do regular jobs because it always cuts into your hours and a lot of places won't keep you. So the lyrics to Shadow Sleep are basically how even when like the chorus kind of came to me when like you'd think that going to sleep and in your dreams or in wherever you try to escape that it would feel better than actually being alive and cognizant of your issues and problems and stuff that's going on but even during a lot of that time period you just can't like even in your sleep and in your dreams there'd be anxiety and issues and even worse things that all stem from the problems of pursuing a career in music but we keep doing it, and we keep doing it anyway, because no matter what, we're stuck. We're addicted to this, to the creation of music and playing it. And no matter how bad the bad parts are, any of the good parts still cancel that out. And that's kind of what Shadow Sleep, the, the track, is about. I figure um, Piece of Paradise, that was my favorite on the album. Tell me a bit about okay. that song. Um, that was the most recent song that we had written for that album. We actually had all the the album pretty much ready to go, um, and a lot of the songs were like maybe 
eight months to four months old, maybe older, and they were pretty much ready to go to chuck and be mixed. And I went out uh, one night to see Sonata Arctica and Delane open for them. And I'd never seen them um, live before. Actually, I, I was at a Nightwish show, but I didn't catch their set. But that was the first time that I watched their set, and it was really catchy and really good, and I had that whole vibe kind of, like, stuck uh, in my brain. And as soon as I came home from that show, uh, I sat down in front of a piano and basically wrote that whole song in, like, two hours and really liked it. And we had already been working with Sarah because we already had all her vocals for the whole album done, so I knew I could give her a bigger role because I was comfortable. And I just put her all over that track, and that's how that track came to be. Now, you did two music videos. I'd like to erase me a lot better, though. Seeing, like, some of the behind-the-scenes type stuff, did you get to have much mm -hmm. creative control when it came to, like, the different shots used there? Uh, yeah, we actually shot that entire music video ourselves, and I did all the editing. So we had a lot of creative control. We had all the creative control. Wow, that's insane. Killer. Did you get to do music videos for uh, your previous uh, albums before that? Um, I, I've done Breaking the Madness. I did the video shoots for Virus of the Mind, which was a lyric video. And then I also shot and edited Burn Your World and Through the Darkness as well. So I've done a lot of video editing for this band. Awesome. Now, tell me about some of the merch you're promoting on this tour. Like, what can people pick up? Like, shirts, like, CDs, yeah. vinyl, maybe? Because, I mean, like, whenever I think of prosthetic, I always think of a band that is selling cassettes. Like, tell me, are you having cassettes? <laughs> I'm sorry, what's a cassette? Oh, dude, you have to have a cassette. Like, I have, like, a 98 Chevy Lumina. How am I going to listen to music otherwise? <laughs> I was going to say, for all the Pontiacs that everyone in this band has gone through, I'm sure cassettes might be a smart idea. No, um... We've got pretty much all the standard things you would expect. Um, we just got a fresh batch of uh, hoodies, which are pretty cool. We actually tested hoodies on the uh, last run that we did, and we sold out of those in, like, like really quick, like a couple days. the first days. 18 days, the first 14 days. Yeah, so we did a big reorder on hoodies, um, tons of shirt design. We always have, like, like five or six shirt designs with us. Um we got some stickers, we got some patches, we got some super dope beer koozies that are kind of a parody of our Starkill emblem, and uh, obviously the new copy copies of Shadow Sleep, and I st we still have a bunch of copies of Virus of the Mind. We are unfortunately out of Fires of Life discs, but that's, uh, that's all the stuff that we're riding with for this tour. I want a bunch of picks. Every tour we always do a bunch of, of custom guitar picks. So those are going to be at the merch booth also. Awesome. Now, would you like to go back to any questions? Um, I don't know. What else? I feel like we've covered a lot of ground. Yeah, if there's anything else you're curious as to, feel, away, feel free to shoot away. I guess um, you think maybe by the end of this year you may have cassettes for Shadow Sleep? I would have to hit up Prosthetic because I know one of the things that's kind of cool about our deal is they we're allowed to do whatever merch we want to, but they are allowed to do whatever merch they want to also, and we still obviously see a lot of that, which is really cool. So, like I know you said, like a lot of prosthetic bands do cassettes. I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if on their 
own merch store that they run if they do cassettes? Because I know we've been talking about vinyl for this album too, which would be through their own store. So I'd have to reach out to them and see what they feel like printing. Um, but it's definitely not out of the realm of possibilities. Like I could totally see that happening. I see killer. I mean, it's just like with the prosthetic cassettes I got, I got Holy Grail, Spellcaster, mm-hmm. I believe Ex Mortis, and I think Mutilation yep. Rights as well. Yeah. No, yeah, I know I know uh, Spellcaster, whom we're going out with next week. I, I, I know they definitely have cassettes. Yeah, I'll have to hit up my guys and see, uh, see what their stance on printing that would be. That'd actually be really cool. Final words. Uh, I don't know, man. Just listen to metal and make sure. I feel like a lot of people underestimate the value of sharing and thumbs-upping stuff on social media for any band of any size. Um, since CD sales are pretty much non-existent, um, Spotify plays and YouTube plays and thumbs-up are actually a lot more relevant than people think. So if you like that stuff, uh, share it and just spread the word. Word of mouth or word of internet is really, really big, a lot bigger than people might be aware. So show any bands you like more support than you think is necessary. Also, Sean, tell me, do you have any final words or anything like that? I would recommend that people come out to the show because um, a lot of bands that I have heard online or on YouTube or through friends on albums or whatever, um, I thought they were fine, and that's great. But then when I've actually caught one of the bands at the shows, it's completely changed my opinion on the band. So I think live show is an extremely important you know, facet for bands. And I would just urge people to come out and enjoy the show because even if you don't particularly enjoy the band right away, whether it be us or anyone else, I mean, give them a chance live because I think like, that's a, a little bit of a different beast sometimes. So, yeah, hey, this is Parker Jameson from Starkill. And Sean. And you are listening to Japan Nick's Rock and Metal Pandemonium. Hey, what's up? This is Starkill. You've got Parker Jameson. And Sean. And you are listening to WMSC 90.3.